Spencer told me about the hippo. I was kind of thinking like, oh, that must be like all visual effects. But you guys really did an excellent job yeah. with that. I love that it's a practical costume. I text Elizabeth and I was like, yo, the hippo is practical. Like, alert, alert. To the Art of Costume podcast. I'm Spencer Williams. And I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. What's up, Elizabeth? Um, Moon Knight. That's what's <laughs> up. My my favorite new show this year, because it combines my favorite things. Egyptian mythology and superheroes. Right. Oh my gosh, this is the best. I love the finale. It was so much fun. I I basically left work early to run home so I could watch it. <laughs> I didn't even tell anyone. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go now before. Twitter and TikTok spoils it for me. <laughs> right? I was like so excited. And then like the ending, I was like, yes, there's a second season. Okay. I was worried it was going to be like a one season deal for a second. And there's then, something. There's then something. that last scene, I was like, okay, okay. There's a season <laughs> two. Well, we loved it so much. And Elizabeth and I have been talking about Moon Knight for a long time now. Um, actually, ever since I watched a show called Mayor of Easttown, um, you've all heard of it. Because our good friend, costume designer Megan Kasperlich, did the costumes. And surprise, she's here with us right now. Megan, welcome to the studio. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. <laughs> it's so good to see you. Every time I bump into you, I'm like, Moon Knight, eyebrows, eyebrows. When are we going to talk <laughs> about it? <laughs> um, so let's just jump into it. There's so many incredible costumes for the show. And... I'm sure you have all the behind the wardrobe facts for us. So, Megan, like I said before, this is like a mix of the comics, superheroes, and Egypt mythology, which is a personal favorite of mine. So I was like particularly excited for this. What was kind of your balance of inspiration between the two when it came to the costumes? I did an incredible amount of research just because I do a lot of research for all of my projects, but I did a little extra on this because I was not super educated on um, Egyptian mythology, Egyptian, ancient Egyptian, you know, history. So being from New York, I was able to go to the Met um, and check out the Egyptian wing. My assistant on this particular show, um, he was living in London. So he went to the British Museum looking at artifacts. Wow. And then just the folders of inspiration behind it all, because it would be important to incorporate not only Egyptian mythology, but also um, a little bit of the comics mixed in with the designs. Nice. I love that. I will especially say like the Egyptian gods, they looked so cool. That was, was that kind of like a mix between you and like the visual effects department? So it was really a combination of um, Marvel has a biz dev department before like any of the production designers or costume designers come in, they have kind of the look of, you know, a tone of what they want to set for that. So we come in and we collaborate on those renderings and discuss those renderings of like how to move forward and make it from a two-dimensional to a three-dimensional uh, character. And so then I started getting in like fabrications and patterning, you know, samples and patterns and whatnot and textures. 
And then in working with the um, visual effects department that is on that was on Moon Knight, Sean Faden and his team, like I worked very closely with them because what I designed, they were amazing and they wanted to absolutely make sure that what I was designing was actually going to be like seen on screen and they weren't altering it. Um, I mean, we made every CG, every CG costume and all the gods, we made that a practical costume and an actor wore it mm-hmm. and then they took it to CG. So it was about really making sure that what um, <laughs> the pun <football>, um, <laughs> what I designed and what we made was actually on camera at the end. So you're talking about all of them, like Amit and Tarat, the hippo god, like these all yeah. came through your hands at one point. Oh yeah. So everything was made practically. And so the hippo, like the face and the hands and stuff, that was CG, but the actual like costume, the jewelry, everything was made and the actor wore it. I'm obsessed with this. I, I had no idea what we were watching. I love that so much. I thought Tara was like a phenomenal surprise and for like, it was such a good moment. Yes, it was so trippy and so hilarious. Um, I instantly fell in love with the hippo goddess. But the finale, we got to see Amit. And that was such an interesting, incredible costume. Thank you. Um, the costume, the, there's like, there's multiple layers to it. There was a leather corset over that in a, like a skirt that was a luminous, like a very shimmery fabric. And then over that was an overlay that was a hand beaded dress that was in about three different tones um, and three different colors and shades of beads. So that when the, it moved, it would kind of like she was gliding along. Um, similar to like when you glide along in the water and like the water kind of ripples. So that was the it was supposed to have. And I had an amazing um, person on my team who, after she did one, I said, Oh, we have to have two just in case it breaks. <laughs> and she just looked at me like, Oh, she's Italian. And she's like, Oh, mama. Like, <laughs> she did it. It was amazing. Um, so kudos to her. And then the snake, the cobra that wraps around the body, we, um, I had an in house metalsmith that, like, molded that and hammered it and then dipped it in the metal and like sculpted that cobra it was like absolutely phenomenal in person so hopefully if the costumes all of them get displayed in um los angeles like they do you have to see them because it's like phenomenal how that was sculpted oh yeah i hope so too yeah (laughs) on that like she was personally one of my favorites because i'm like oh i can see the egyptian inspiration especially in that that beaded dress that i was like oh that's on point and it looked like so perfect and it was kind of like eerie for her too yeah the way that like she was gliding and then those like this piece that came down from the head we made that as well and then the jewelry but then like the actual skin like i gave references and stuff to um the vfx team and then they went from there for the skin tone yeah because it's it's really you guys did like a seamless job i was kind of until spencer told me about the hippo i was kind of thinking like oh that must be like all visual effects but you guys really did an excellent job yeah. with that. I love that it's a practical costume. I text Elizabeth and I was like, yo, the hippo is practical. <laughs> like, alert, alert. alert. <laughs> Stop everything. So before we get into Mark Spector and Stephen Grant, um, I just imagine, I remember when you went away for this project a little bit, you had to do some serious traveling for this. What, what was that like? Yes. So I did um, Mary Beast Town in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania. Right. Which is where Elizabeth's from. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love Hillary. I like totally love it. Um, and I got a call for this and I was just finish, finishing there. So we like had gone back after COVID, like clear to go back. So um, I went to Budapest and we were, um, so we filmed in Budapest and then we also like, we prepped and filmed in Budapest and then we went to Jordan, which was like absolutely phenomenal to shoot like the big desert scenes. Wow. So that was like, I had never been to the Middle East and it was just like phenomenal. It was so cool um, and beautiful and everyone was so lovely. And I was in Budapest, the Emmys, like I got, I went to the Emmys for mayor and then I had to like fly from Budapest to LA for the Emmys I was <laughs> day. And then I flew back and I was in Budapest for two days. And then we went to Jordan and then wow. from Jordan, I flew back to the U S and to fly back from Jordan to the U S was like 19 and a half hours of travel. Cause there was like <laughs> the way that it, like where we were and everything. So it was a little crazy, but that's what happens when you film in other countries. Yeah. Have you recovered yet? I have, but then you just, I started working on another project. So you just keep going. All right. Well, back to our, our favorites. Um, we're a big Oscar Isaac fan podcast over here and we'll just put that down right away. Um, <laughs> between Mark Spector and Stephen Grant, there's very noticeable difference in style. Elizabeth mentioned in her notes that Mark's more of a classic adventurer, while Stephen is very professor-like in his costume. What was your process for creating these two different looks for essentially the same character, but not really? Yeah, it was very important for um, Oscar and I that they were different characters, but there would like the transition was like we had to figure out how that transition would take place. So I we started with Stephen first because that was that kind of something that we had to like, okay, Steven has to kind of look cool because he lives in Brixton, but like, he's not cool. Like Brixton, <laughs> kind of, you know, like the Echo Park or the like Williamsburg or Greenpoint type of area. Like it's like cool, but there's, a, there's also people who like, like to live there, but they're not like dressing the part. So how can we make him look kind of in that area, but like not necessarily the coolest guy. So I found these like really great shirts in New York, these vintage shirts. And so we kind of played off of that and like a baggier pant for men is in style. So we cropped that and I gave him like a heavier shoe and these chore jackets and we're like, well, it looks like kind of cool. And as soon as he put it on and he kind of like slouched down a little bit and like, we're finding the character. Like, <laughs> so that was great. And then I had a like white sock. I had a light, lighter color sock and he's like, well, how Oscar's like, how about a white sock? And I was like, we're going to make it gray because then it'll be like the moon Knight suit. Ooh. So the sock is like a, a nod to moon Knight because I also didn't want it to be a white sock, like another iconic character in life. Um, <laughs> so that's where we changed that up. And then with Mark, I feel like it, he couldn't be like too cool. He couldn't stand out because, and I also didn't want him to look like your stereotypical, like action figure and like a leather jacket and like jeans. So for the image that you're sharing, this is like one of my favorite contemporary looks of the whole series. Oh yeah. I'm obsessed with this jacket, Megan. It's so cool. When Oscar put this on in the, in like the fitting, he put it on the first fitting. Like I only had, we had like the first fitting I did was in New York and we had, I had like racks and racks for Steven and like, we kind of figured it out there. And when, by the time we got to Mark, I had like, I don't know, three things on the rack. I like <laughs> had nothing. 
But I was like, I feel like this is this is kind of what direction we need to go with and we'll, we'll play off of it and then I'll fit the rest of it when we get to Budapest. But he put it on and I was like, this is it. Like this is we're done. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dope. And when he came by the time he came to Budapest and he put it on, I was like, this will be the poster. Like it will absolutely be the poster. Oh, yeah. Because I wanted him to have like the white reminiscent of the suit with the hood, but like we needed the lighter colors, but like with the jacket that like, it wasn't very intentional that with the jacket, I knew they would be up on like a sand dune. And when the wind would blow, it would like blow out like a cape. And it was absolutely intentional. And like the moment it happened on set, I like totally got chills. Cause I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is actually a costume moment where like your vision actually happened. <laughs> I'm getting chills right now. <laughs> it's so cool. I just, yeah, I love that white jacket, but really to both of them had such interesting fashion. And I think Stephen Grant's cool. I relate a lot to Stephen Grant. I mean, he had such a cool job. He worked in a cool area. So I don't know, justice for Stephen Grant. <laughs> we love Stephen. We were like, we... On set, when it was a lot of Mark, we're like, bring Stephen back. <laughs> Speaking of, of Mark, his Moon Knight superhero costume, something that gave me chills when it first showed up. I was like, wait, hold on. Is this actually the superhero? Looks like a mummy. Like, it's so interesting. It's one of my favorite superhero suits of like, all time it's it really is up there it's incredible how far it jumped up the list so quickly oh good is this something you took more inspiration from the comic for so i worked closely with the viz dev department and there was many iterations of this costume by the time i like even started so this was there was a in full disclosure there was a different suit and when i went to um fit oscar for the first time in new york we kind of started talking about we like the mummy wrappings, but we want the suit to have like a, like how there's this pose, like you need to be strong and have stature. And so we wanted to add the armor to it. And so that was kind of something that was like adjusted in it. But I think that more for me, it was the color I knew was going to be a challenge um, because in the comic it's white. So, well, there's actually, I take it back. There's multiple versions of the suit in the comics. But it's predominantly white because he says, Moon Knight says, I wear white so you can see me coming. So they can see me coming. So it's none of like, it's sort of like a other caped adventure type of person who wears all black. Right. Um, who looks like a bat. <laughs> um, so when on the render, it was this gray tone. I was a little bit concerned because that's like something that can go so flat. So I always like to have a lot of texture in my designs and a lot of like subtle textures. So the entire suit, there's not one flat color on the entire thing. Like there's all of those like mummy wrapping and bandage wrappings. Those are all like, it's a Euro jersey that has been 3D printed on top of it. So there's different levels and layers on the 3D print. So some of them are raised higher than the other. So when like the suit has been, Pattern into 803 pieces. Okay. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so, I didn't really realize how many pieces there were until um, I spoke with FBFX, who's the company that put it all together, who constructed. And they also did, um, they did the uh, 3D printing of everything. 
So when I spoke to them and I was like, how many are there in there? Like, there's probably about like, oh, like 23 in the pants. And they're like, no. And wow. there's so like the one arm alone has 45 pieces. <laughs> no, no, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So they did a tremendous job, but I was very adamant about like, we have to have depth. We have to have texture. It can't be flat. So um, there's a lot, there's a number of options for the textures and stuff. So the, the top is all like the same pattern or the same 3d print, but then two different colors. So you get the depth and the wrapping. So they're not all the same color, but the pants have like four or five different prints of 3d printing and then they're patterned into different pieces and blended together. But because the patterns are so small, like the blend is kind of seamless. Right. Yeah. I know. I love that cuz one of, one of the things I appreciated about the Moon Knight costume and like now that you explain it it's so much better is it like it looks kind of dirty with the color yeah. but it's still very like put together. I'm like, "Oh, that's like it's like pristine but not pristine." And that's kind of something I don't like about superheroes is that they're super pristine all the time and I'm like, "Oh, I like this that he's a little dirty." Yeah, there's definitely like shading in there and to show that like He's not fresh out of the package. Yeah, that's that's an understatement. Uh, so good. But then we got this other iteration, which is Stephen Grant's iteration, the Mr. Knight suit, where he's in this very incredible suit. Um, I am obsessed with that lapel. I don't know what kind of fabric or texture that is, but I love it. You have to talk about this suit. Oh, thank you. Um, the lapel is actually the same Euro jersey that was used for the Moon Knight suit. It's like, it's just a different color. It's white. And then we 3D printed on top of that. Um, mm. So that little kind of pattern is the feather design that's also on the Khonshu costume that has like these leather bandolier straps that goes across. So that was taken from Khonshu onto his lapel. And then and the white fabric that the suit is made out of is actually an upholstery fabric. Oh. Um, I knew that he would have to, I mean, who's not terrified of wearing white all the time. So yeah. Um, yeah. I knew he would have to like be doing a lot of action and be out on the street. And he's like, we will never keep this thing clean. So it's actually an upholstery fabric um, because mm. it has a little toughness to it, but you can see on the picture that you have that he's holding his glove, like the, the texture of the fabric. So again, always important to me that there's texture so it doesn't just go like flat. And because we were filming at night, I knew like if you just had a solid white suit, it would just be like a marshmallow running across the screen. It would just be flat white. <laughs> it's so interesting. And I, I love the seam that goes down his mask in a setter. It's very, I don't, I don't know what about it. It's just, it says so, it says so much about like the torn personalities, um, but also like, the broken vulnerability to Steven. It's, it's very interesting. I can't take credit for that. That was all Kevin Feige. Like he suggested it in a meeting and everyone's like, Oh yeah. And like, that's what happened. And it was like an instant success. It was great. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, it speaks to the collaborative process between you and Kevin Feige. So that's, that's an answer in itself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really in any Marvel job. It's like a full collaborative effort with like a whole team. And, um, they make it kind of seamless in the sense of like, they bring these characters into the MCU and they, they know how they're going to transition. So, um, they don't tell us how they're going to transition. So when you yeah. said Elizabeth season two, I cannot, I cannot say that if there is or will not be a season two, because I have no idea. 
I watched the finale just like everyone else watched the finale. They did not send it to me ahead of time. So, oh man, um, yeah. Well, we're not here to badger answers out of you, Mm-mm. so don't worry. <laughs> oh no, but I, I don't know. <laughs> we'd be murdered. Um, yeah. So, well, you wouldn't. That's really <laughs> awesome. Oh. <laughs> the Marvel Illuminati coming after us. Yeah. Um, okay, so another character I found so fascinating was Arthur Harrow. Um, he didn't have too many costume changes, but when he did, they really. They say a lot about the character. I would love to just hear you kind of explain the thought process. Yeah, I worked really closely with Ethan. Um, He is an amazing character actor. So we spoke in depth about the character, how many changes he would have. Should we always have him be in the same costume? Should he be in the same silhouette or the same costume, but in a different fabric or a different color? Like it was very much discussed and then calculated for like the run of show. So I talked a lot about like cult leaders, like if he's leading these group of people, like cult leaders that have been um, discussed, I would say in history, (laughs) they don't wear like flashy clothing. They don't like drive fancy cars or like if they do, like they have one thing about them that has like a cork. So it's like, it's their hair or their glasses or like a car or a prop or something of the sort. So that was taken into consideration And then also Ethan was like, well, this character is like part of the people. He should not be, it should be like his um, wording, his voice, his kind of like preaching to them. Like that's how he has the power amongst them, but he's very calm. So we talk a lot about monks and how they have such a presence, um, but they wear very, very, very simple, like a simple robe. So this was kind of my ode to cult leader slash monk. And um, this costume was like his main costume and it was made out of linen. And um, it's just like a trouser and a, and a Renu, uh, excuse me, Nehru collar shirt. So it was like very simple, but it just was so impactful. And then you can kind of see it. And when the one that he's holding the larger image, he has two bracelets on that are they ha- they're both the same and they have like Amit's death pair etched into them. I found like I got inspiration off of the, at the Met. Um, there's basically this really long, like embodied of like empowerment of death or something like there's this big long scroll. And so I took different inspiration from like the artifact and etched it into his bracelet. And then the sandals, I was like obsessed with the sandals. I was like, you have to wear these sandals. It would like pull <laughs> the character together. And I kind of want you to walk a little funny. Like, I don't want it to be like, there has to be a different strut to it. But I just think it like all works so seamlessly. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, that's what I was getting at. I think I was like, he gives off very real cult leader, but I didn't know what that word was mm-hmm. until you said it. I'm like, Oh, that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> the collar and the artifact that he's holding. It's just all, but it's like something bound that's very comforting and approachable, which is, you yeah, know, which okay. really builds to the, to the genius of the cult leader, I guess. Um, in a not good way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He definitely has like a comforting look about him. Cause there were times where I was like, wait, is he really the bad guy? Like, right. He was inviting. Yeah. There you go. So Megan, we have to talk about the heck of priest. Um, I don't, I feel like this is an underrated character in a sense that this was so scary. I was watching this at night and I was not ready for this. I've told Elizabeth this before. I have a serious problem 
with people crawling on walls and <laughs> ceilings. I don't like it. It's true. So I was not okay with this. Um, however, we did get a small look at the priest's costume, mm-hmm. and it was so interesting. And I just really want to take this moment to dive into it because there's the armor is so intricate and beautiful, even though this was horrifying and I don't ever want to see it again after this moment. Well, thank you. Um, so the Hecka priests were actual like people in the tombs and basically they were like the embalmers. So when they were mum, they would mummify the people in when they like decided like, okay, you're dying in the tomb and they mummify you and they take out your organs and those little kind of canisters that are on his waist. Right. Those are um, canaponic jars. So um, they are also like an ancient artifact. So that's all like real in history. So this character we knew would be a stunt guy and that he had to like be chasing her. But when I started making it, I actually didn't know like what exactly was going to be happen happening. It was just like, there's going to be this character. <laughs> so we made everything practical and then we then rubberized it so that he mm. could be oh. So the neck piece, my metal Smith like made all out of individual little teeny metal, like it almost looks like quills or feathers. Yeah. Like, kind of like scales to me. Yes. So it's similar to that, but in each one of those is the eye of Horus or like an evil eye or like a, a hieroglyph symbol on each individual piece of that. Um, and then we built the chest plate and the leather belt that was this canaponic jars we 3D printed and painted and put on there. All of the jewelry was made. Like you can't see all of his rings. We had to actually take some of the rings off because, um, they were like, I basically made them very similar to artifacts that were found, but he couldn't do all the action because the skin is actually a prosthetic. Mm. So he couldn't like eventually, like we made them big enough to get over, but then it was like hindering something. So, you know, take, put it all on and take one thing off that whole, whole (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was really in person. It was just like phenomenal. It was so good and creepy and the stunt guy that did this is more like a circus LA type of guy. So he could like really maneuver and do all these weird, creepy moves. So in person, it was like great. Oh, I love it. It's, it makes sense that I said it was rubberized too. I was wondering, I was like, how did he do this? <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, yeah. Equally terrifying was this whole asylum scene, which took me off guard all the white. And then, uh, White really became unsettling in this show. <laughs> yeah, it did. And then especially Arthur Harrow is all of a sudden a little a uh, psychologist, I guess. I was like, oh, wait, hold on. This is different. Uh, yeah. Tell us about this asylum scene a little bit. So the importance of the scene was to obviously focus on um, Oscar and Ethan's characters that they're portraying. But... I wanted it to be like overall, like when the, all of the asylum members are together, um, all the patients, I didn't want them. Like, I feel like in a lot of like TV or movie, they always have everybody in the same look, but if you, in reality, that's not like really how it is because you have, it's just not how it is. So, um, I wanted to make sure that each person had something different on. I knew that I wanted it to be like slightly off white because I wanted to save the white white for um, Mr. Knight. So he had Oscar has on like a long sleeve white shirt, but then the other components are like are off white. 
And then with Harrow, if you like look into his, like everything has like a little symbol. So his tie has almost like little teeny pyramids that are like two shades. But if you look at it a certain way, it looks like a ripple of a scale because of the way that the pattern is constructed. And then he wears sandals that are similar to the sandals that he wears in um, as Arthur Harrow in all the other episodes, but they're not the same ones. So that was like a big moment with like um, Ethan and I were like, do we wear the same ones or do we, we change them up? So we changed them up and they didn't end up doing it. But when, Mm. when, well, you couldn't see it, but when (laughs) Harrow walks away and the blood is on the floor, I actually put like an outline, like on the bottom of the shoe is imprint is like a little crocodile. So if they would have did a close up on it, you would have seen that as like a little Easter egg, but they didn't show it, but it's okay. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't (laughs) think I would have missed that, but no, they didn't didn't zoom in on it. (laughs) And he has on like, it was just, it was just more so like, how can we make them similar, have little Easter eggs, but also have them be like slightly different because it was more about, I mean, Oscar's performance in this is just, like, beyond. Oh, yeah. Emmy. Yeah. All around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Before we get into our final character, um, there was a little moment where we were in the underworld, and there were some very interesting characters coming out of the sand. Um, How much of this was part of your process, the underworld scenes? So, um, when they're in the underworld, now I realize the duat is what it's called. They, um, right. They, That's the word. Yes. <laughs> That's what we were thinking about. Really. Um, all, anyone who's in, under there, we actually physically dressed someone and made them Sandy. And then they like scan them for a CG. So oh, okay. all the people that are on like the boat that are coming up on the boat, um, when uh, Mark and Steven like are fighting them, those are all stunt people that we like applicate like the makeup and then the clothing and everything with sand um and then they cg that they did it when they're like hit and whatnot that would obviously be cg so everybody under there the only thing that we didn't do is there was a couple of people when the boat passed and there was like sand people like in you know in there from times past those are like the only people we did not do Mm -hmm. so everybody else we we sand we had a lot we had a lot of sand in our office yeah i was gonna <laughs> say it's like when you go to the beach or something the agers were like oh my gosh the sand but they did it <laughs> amazing, like how they applied it and like did different levels and stuff it was really cool uh, that's so funny i also loved was the scarlet um scarab layla superhero outfit this i didn't expect her to become a superhero and i was so excited for this look. I think yeah. I teared up a little bit when she opened up those wings. I was like, okay. Yeah. The wings, I mean, I have to tell you, the wings make the costume. Yeah. So the wings are like, like phenomenal. The wings are CG. So if you look, there's about like a five inch panel that it comes down from the um, underarm. So mm-hmm. that's like what VFX wanted us to have is like a five inch panel so that they could like, they're like, we need a jumping point to do the, to do the wings. And I was like, okay, so we did the five inch panel and this masterpiece was like created, but everything else on her costume was created and made and um, was practical and she could completely move in it. The stunt people could completely move in it. Like, and also for like the moon Knight and the Mr. Knight, the stunt people all wore the costume. Like we didn't have like mm-hmm. blue suits or green suits. They wore the costumes while they're fighting. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's Great. I love that because so often they're not 
terribly practical it seems like um but i love that you were able to make them practical and they they still look so beautiful like i would not have guessed that like they were able to do everything in these suits they um there was like only a couple of scenes where they had to have the harness on to do like flying scenes so for um scarlet scarab we made for the stunt person we made a soft version of the top of the corset so that because the leather was so thick, like we couldn't actually go into it. So we made a, um, we made a soft version and then that was like hand painted and everything. So, um, just so it would be as similar as possible. But other than that, they wore them. That's amazing. And talking about Layla's looks too, when she was not the Scarlet Scarab, she also kind of had that adventurous, giving me like, oh my gosh, Elizabeth, what's her name? Evie she from The Mummy. So, yeah, <laughs> she looked so cool. <laughs> yeah. I um, love her. Talk about her style. With her, it was um, the director for episode like one, three, five, and six um, is Egyptian. And it was very important to him to always have this character be very like Egyptian. But I fought really hard for the fact that like Layla's in Layla's story, she's Egyptian, but then she like left and moved to London and, but also as like a world traveler, you know, any coming of age story that like you do, you grow so much from like 16 to 20 and then 20 to 24 and then 24 to like 30. They, those are different points in your life. So I wanted to make sure that she didn't just represent, it was very important that she represented Egyptians but Egyptians in other cultures and like living in other cities because how do you adapt from like what you've been living in and then adapting to um, a place like London which is like completely different so what was the evolution of that in her style so in the jacket that she wears in episode two if you look it has kind of a similar shape to what this corset is at the chest where the gold and the white meet like there's like a kind of a little, um, just the way, if you go back and look at this, that is. And so it was important to bring kind of like that as well as Towerette's like shape and with the scarab and then her and like into this, into this final look. And as far as like the contemporary, I wanted to have a little bit more color, but she also like, it was very important that she was sporty. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I didn't want, I pushed very hard with, with everyone <laughs> to, um, not have it also be that stereotypical super skin tight skinny jeans with the leather jacket because we're not doing that anymore no <laughs> so it was very important to like evolve from the stereotypical action figure to like move forward and also with may like she's in amazing shape she did like a ton of her own stunts and i wanted to show off her arms i wanted to show her like teeny tiny waist and so it was about like balancing that out and having, she has a lot of texture in her hair. So like then we won't put as much texture in like every single piece. And so I textured a lot with the um, accessories and the accessories had like symbolism, like the serpent and different parts of her, of her rings meant different things. So, um, and then some of it was just cool. Like everything didn't mean, everything didn't have a symbol. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of, uh, one of my favorite looks for her was when they were in the desert and she has that like, um, that like tannish gold zip up and yeah. the black shirt that I was like, I think I need that. That looks so cool. <laughs> um, I wish you could have seen the back of the um, vest that she has on because it's completely cut out. And then there's like the belt is like holding it like in and since so she can raise oh, it. Like so cool. this very cool, like silhouette in the back. 
but that fabric is actually military fabric that I found in Budapest Ooh. and we just made a vest. So I love that. I love that. <laughs> no, made a vest. I just made it. Just <laughs> put it together. Just, just the coolest vest. After 800 plus piece pattern, I'm sure a vest was probably a breath of fresh air. So <laughs> well, my um, entire tailoring department in Budapest was like, phenomenal because we couldn't the, we, because of COVID we couldn't get like a lot of shopping and stuff and like getting things taking a long time so we made like so many contemporary pieces that you normally wouldn't make on a con, you know for the contemporary characters so it was really cool that we were able to do that yeah oh my gosh I love that um we asked for audience questions I want to get an audience my... question I did see it on Instagram yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to find ones that you will like. For example, one of them's like, "What's your favorite costume?" People have been asking me, and you're like, oh, "How do you pick one child?" Yeah, how do you do it? um, it's hard to say because I love so many. I've never gotten like emotional about a costume. Like I've never, but there's a couple on this that I was like, "Oh, Mark's look with the white jacket, like that's absolutely the poster. Like I know that that's in this movie, like that's in the show. Like I absolutely know what it is." Um, I was very excited about Taurat. Yeah. Like every single person in my department, like touched that costume in a way, like the metal Smith, the leather worker, the tailors. Um, I had like a in-house painter who was like painting things on it. Like a lot of people worked on it and it was, it just like got better and better. So that was amazing. I mean, obviously the moon Knight and the Mr. Knight costumes were great and like yeah i feel like amit is the underrated costume because in person it is like a sensation it's not underrated here not between <laughs> these two <laughs> it's like pretty it's pretty exciting and because um elizabeth you know uh, like egyptian ancient egyptian history like i pushed for that dress someone was like oh i don't really understand what that is and i was like it isn't it is from ancient egypt like we yeah. it is historical <laughs> don't touch it <laughs> It was like all of those were great. So, well, that question was from no, it's Captain Chunk on TikTok. So, thank you, Captain <laughs> Chunk. <laughs> um, another, I'll just quick fire a few questions here. Yeah. Um, and Zabza on TikTok. I'm sure that's butchered. They want to know was there any other inspirations behind the costumes besides comics and Egyptian mythology? So, besides the obvious ones. Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think like the cult leader thing with Arthur Harrow, that was definitely an inspiration. And I think that was mainly like, that would be the off the cusp, the off the wall type of one that wasn't ancient Egyptian. I don't know. I always have like some really random weird thing that I like get inspired by. And I'll have to think about it. If I think about it all, you know, if there's any, yeah. definitely the Arthur Harrow thing. Okay. You can comment on TikTok if you have TikTok. <laughs> um, this one I thought was hilarious, but I'm trying to think. So Sharp and Dapper wants to know, did you ever have a problem with, I'm guessing, Oscar Isaac's shirt staying tucked in? Um, we had... I don't remember shirt being tucked in. I'm trying in. to think about if we put... like sometimes, sometimes what we can do is we can put buttons on the inside of the shirt and the trousers so it stays buttoned in. Um, we might've done it on the front, but when we had a lot of action and we had a lot of stunts, we put, um, on the, on the waistcoats, on the vest, we put like a stretchy back 
so that they could do all of their action. And that kind of held the shirt in. Interesting. Um, but that was when the jacket was on. But the jacket comes off. And the jacket originally was not supposed to come off. <laughs> but then when we did, we did um, I don't know if we were doing like a camera test or we were doing something. And um, Justin um, and Aaron, um, Justin Metz and Aaron Moorhead, they did two episode two and four. And they're like, oh, Oscar, can you like roll your sleeves up? Because that is something from the comic. And when I, like, I'm very, um, I'm like very observant of like what's happening. And all of a sudden my, like, my head whips around. I'm like, no stretchy back anymore. Like he's, he's up. so Oscar never had that, but I feel like it was okay. Surprise, surprisingly the front, we always were like constantly kind of pushing down. But other than that. Um, and just one final question, which I think is a great one. And um, Talix underscore D on Instagram wants to know what part of designing costumes for Moon Knight was the most fun for you? Oh, the most fun. That's a great question because most of the time everyone asks me what was the most challenging. Um, the most fun, I think, is that I just got to make almost everything, build, build from scratch everything. So that doesn't really happen unless you're doing a period show. Um, and because there was so much contemporary, I just had like such a great time mixing up a lot of patterns, a lot of pattern pieces, um, working with, like I said, my team and figuring out how far I could push it. There was definitely, <laughs> there was um, one tailor that I had um, in particular and she would always be like, Oh, I'll take this on. I like the cha- I like the challenging things. And, <laughs> and like, oh, <laughs> okay. You're willing to take a challenge. Like you kind of spoken to the wrong person. Yeah. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I will absolutely see what like you will do. And she did like, the Kanshu costume was like very hard to construct. So she did Kanshu and Towerette and um, the late, she did a lot of the Layla like hard jackets and the vests and stuff. So she did a lot of the trickier things. And um, I'm very grateful because it was not easy. Oh. Megan, it is so good to talk to you again. We love the show. Thank it was so, 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 so much fun. And we're just such big fans. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to talk to us about this. Well, thank you so much. I hope you're feeling better. And <laughs> I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon. Yeah. Would yes. you be able to tease a thing you have coming up in the future? Or are we keeping it on the down low for now? Oh, no. This one, I'm allowed to say what it is. And I'm on, um, okay. I am on Alex Garland's next film called civil war um, alex garland did ex machina so i'm doing currently doing his movie oh great nice well, we will keep a lookout for that very thank excited you. um and thank you megan we will let you go now and we're gonna go rewatch moon knight a hundred yes. times because thank you in there so <laughs> right i feel like that's the thing you missed so much the first watch through but you gotta watch it again it's so good thank you megan this was so much fun Thank you. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume for some bonus content. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, 
head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. Thank you.